0: Again, welcome to those of you here in the room, those of you listening on our podcast. This is the first I mean think of this. This is the first uh Sunday in the new year of 2020. And I like saying 2020, right? It's like nice and round. Somebody said, "Did you know that uh 80 years or somebody born today is going to see the year 3000?" And I was like, "That's cool." And then I thought, "That's not right." <laughs> And I was so I, so, I thought that was so cool. We were at the White Sea last night and I was like, Did you know this? And Scooger goes, No, Pastor Todd, it's 2100. It's like, Oh. But it's really cool. And, and the beginning of the year, it, it's really interesting for us as, uh, that work in the church, especially Sunday morning kind of things that we do. Christmas, uh, up until Christmas, is just a frantic, let's put things together. We're, we're getting services. It's really, really a busy time. But then from Christmas to this Sunday is really, at least around our church, rather dead. Our academy is out, uh, so we don't have school. There's a lot of program ministry things that we don't do, so it's really kind of quiet. And this is the time, this last 10 days or so is the time that I go see movies, okay? I love seeing movies in the movie theater, not just at home on Netflix or anything. And so, yeah, so I saw a couple movies, but, but before I, I talk that, about that, think about one movie you saw last year and one that you really liked, Okay? Now turn to somebody next to you and tell them what movie it was that you liked and maybe had an impact on your life. Ready? Go. Maybe the part that's throwing everybody is that I liked. That's a it could be. All right, what are some of those movies that, are, that you saw this last year? What was it? Frozen 2, I'll pray for you. Okay. Breakthrough, okay? Everybody see Breakthrough? So the the kid, I don't know, I can't remember his name, but he actually now is a freshman at North Central University, where my daughter works, in Minneapolis. So she got to meet him, and he's really a cool kid, and yeah, so he's local here. So maybe we'll have him come out and speak sometime. Yeah, so Breakthrough, that's a good one, Frozen 2. Again, I'll pray for you. Any, Any other movies? Star Wars, for sure. Peanut Butter Falcon was awesome. That was a good movie. So one of the movies, yeah, Star Wars, of course, one of the movies that, that we saw in the movie theater was um, Knives Out. Anybody see that movie? It's just a good old, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just a murder mystery. You could, you could actually take a, you know, older family kids to see it. it, and it's just you don't know who did it until the very end, and then you find out how they did it, and it's just it's fascinating, the very, very end. You, and you know who did it? This has nothing to do with the sermon, by the way. I'm just kind of vamping. No, actually it does. As I, I was thinking about movies, because I saw several this this last season, there's one movie that really, actually there's many, but this one came to mind so many times. Um, it's a movie that was back in 1993, I think it was, and it was called Schindler's List. Anybody see that movie? Yeah, that was, for whatever reason, you know, you have that kind of movie that you walk out of the movie theater and you go, and somebody says, how was the movie? And you go, ah, ah, there's just no words. And that was Schindler's list to me on so many different levels. Um, and if you haven't seen the movie, it's a, it's based on a true story of Oskar Schindler. He um, uh, died in October 1974. And Oskar Schindler was a German industrialist and a member of the Nazi party who was credited with saving about 1,200 Jewish lives during the Holocaust. And he did it by employing them uh, as employees in his factory, occupied uh, in occupied Poland, so he spent his whole his whole fortune. He was a multi multi millionaire as a businessman. He spent his whole fortune bribing Nazi Party officials and paying for all these things on the black market to supply to the uh, the Jewish people, so that they can get out of the concentration camps for a time, be fed, and stay in the factory, and then go go back, kind of like a, a work um, work parole kind of thing, and he basically saved all these Jewish people's lives, and uh, it was just an amazing movie, and, and one of the most powerful scenes was at the very end, he's leaving, and all of the people that he saved are standing out in the courtyard, and as he's leaving, he's looking at his, he's in tears, and he's talking to um, uh, uh, Stern, Itzhak Stern, and he, he says to him, he says, look at this car. This, if I sold this, this could have been ten more people I could have saved. Look at this pin. He grabs his pin off his lapel. He goes, "This is solid gold. I, this is two people I could have saved with this pin." And he was so passionate and so adamant um, because he had he he saw that his life mission at that time anyway was to save Jewish people who were his enemies. But yet he had a passion to have them to save people through his own sacrifice, but also through something that ultimately made him feel fulfilled in life and ultimately what makes you feel fulfilled in life. Something that you probably have heard of, um, and it's, as it's applied to great happiness in your life, and it's something that all of us uh, have or should strive to have, especially in 2020, and this might be the word that we use throughout the year and that word and students, you're gonna love this word, multiplication. Students are like, oh, school, right? Multiplication, yeah. Um, in in the movie, uh, Sh- uh, uh, Schindler poured into this guy Stern, and Stern created a list and of all the Jewish people that he could he could uh muster at that time those people then were overseen by others and others and others and so it's this big long line of multiplication ultimately going up to schindler how his life played out he didn't add to his life he multiplied his life and let me show you the difference so adding is basically saying i have one can i have another can i added one so i have two then i'm adding another one 2 plus 1 is Right, three, right? Then you add another one. And so you see how this goes. And you just keep, you're just adding. And it's a very, when you just add, it's just very linear. But what God, I think, calls us to, in fact, I know he calls us to, and what Schindler actually did was multiply. So he took his life and he multiplied it into two other people. And then those two other people multiplied their life into other people. And then up on top, you still have Schindler with more and more influence going down this way. If you pour water into this can and it flows out, it's going to go into these two cans. And then from these two cans to this can. You can't do that when you're just adding. You want your life to multiply. Does that make sense? Right? You want to multiply who you are, what you're about, your how you can pour into the world. Because ultimately, isn't this true? Multiplication is what we want to be remembered for. Multiplication of who you are is really what we want to be remembered for. Kelly and I had a conversation a little while ago uh, about if we are standing, if we are having, you know, it's our 900th wedding anniversary, whatever it is, and we're sitting there and people are coming up and they're thanking us for our life. I don't want them to thank, thank me because I had some money. I don't want them to thank me because I was a skilled artist or athlete or because, you know, Kelly is pretty or stylish or whatever. I mean, those are all good things, having money and and all those things. They're good, but using them to multiply good in the world is what God calls you and I to do. He has given you his gifts. He's, he's, He's given you everything that you have, including who you are as a person, to multiply it into the world. You know, if you look at 2019, many of you look back at 2019 and are very joyful. I mean, a couple of babies, you know, uh, happening in in people's lives. Uh, Maybe it's a new position that you achieved at your work or a deeper relationship with others. But maybe 2019, for some of you, feels just stagnant. It's like, oh, my goodness, seriously, and you're just feeling bored with your life. Maybe it's because... God is calling you to a new level of multiplication, maybe not. maybe God has you in a position of just of just trusting in Him for the next thing, but maybe God is calling you and asking you in twenty twenty the question how you're asking the question, "How can I multiply my life so that God gets the glory and good is poured into the world because the truth is multiplication is a key, not the key or an only key, but it's a key to fulfillment in life because you're not stagnant. You're moving. In fact, God says that the life you have is yours to give away and pour into others. He's given you all the abilities, gifts, talents, status, relationships to give back to him so that he can multiply his influence for good in the world. Um, Jesus was talking uh, about this. It's actually... This idea of multiplication is all through the Bible, all the way back in Genesis. Genesis uh, God says to Adam and Eve, He says, "Be fruitful and multiply." Right. When I was first married to Kelly, that was my favorite verse. But we'll move on. <laughs> Matthew twenty-five. Jesus is talking one time, and He's talking about multiplication and the importance of it, and how um, what, what we how we should look at it. Uh, and He uses a financial picture, but don't just think finances. Think your own emotions. Think your own talents and skills and gifts. So in Matthew 25, Jesus says this. Uh, He's telling a parable, and a parable is just simply an earthly story that has a deeper spiritual or or more connected meaning. Uh, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, which is a whole other sermon. Um, and then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me these five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Can't you wait to hear Jesus say that to you face to face? It's going to be awesome. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the music changes. Dun, dun, dun. Then the servant with one bag of silver came to master. 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 I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew how, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest. And then he ordered... Uh, Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, even with what little they have, will be taken away. And again, God... Jesus is using money as the illustration, and maybe for you that's it. Maybe you you have been just blessed this last year, but you're not you're not pouring it back in, giving back to God. You're not tithing. You're not doing anything uh, to give it back to the Lord. Maybe it's your again your abilities, your giftedness, something that you know you're good at that you could help other people, but you're hoarding it yourself. That's not what God wants. That's not why He gave you those things. Um, this past year, I thought to myself, how have we as a church? multiplied what God has given to us. And I came up with just a a couple of things um, at church. One of them is actually happening right now. Uh, In my office, uh, Pete and Julie Hillman are using their gifts and talents and their experience with Financial Peace University, and they're holding a class right now uh, for Financial Peace University. And I think they—I mean, I—I th- I walk by there, and I'm like, "Are they breathing?" It's just so packed in there. We need a new building, for church. But it's just so packed in there with all these—all these people crammed in there. But they're—they're they're multiplying what they know by teaching and pouring into other people. Kristen Miller and their Extreme Kids team. Oh my goodness! This last year, the—the the, the amount of people that have come up and the new curriculum that's multi- completely multiplying, um, pouring into kids. Uh, Last year, we took a hard look at our leadership structure as a church, and you may remember this. We kind of, we did, revamped a lot of it, and we're in a, a trial period to see if this new model works. But we multiplied our effectiveness by redoing how we make decisions here at church in our team's model. And you know also that back in October, Steve Kelly and I went to Nicaragua and formed a partnership with a sister church now in Chennandega, Nicaragua. So we have multiplied Trinity, Hudson all the way down into Nicaragua. In fact, in on August twentieth, we're gonna be taking a trip there, our first trip. So if you want to talk to me about that, you'll see more information about what does that look like to be on that first trip to see our sister church, um just let me know. In fact I'll show they sent us a, a Christmas video card that I'll show in church um either next week or the week week after. So, and if you think about even our academies, I mean, we've multiplied um, our influence or God's influence in our Hudson community, especially to those who don't have any church and those who aren't connected. So multiplication is the word for this year. It's not a new vision, but it's the word for your life for this year. If you're looking, if you do that word of the year, this would be a great one. And I'm going to tell you how you could do that here at church. So, Um, I know that many of you come to church on Sunday mornings and you serve like crazy out in the community. Keep doing that. That's awesome. Uh, Some of you are here at church and you're you're not doing anything in terms of multiplying yourself either outside of church or or here at church. So what I want us to do is walk through just a couple of options. And this is where you can take out your connection card. And if anything that I say the Spirit kind of uses to hit you to say, you know what, I want to find out more about multiplying myself in that area uh, you can go ahead and just write that down, and then we'll collect those um, at, as you leave. Um, so 2020, I want all of us to enroll in Multiply You. I was trying to come up with a cool, you know, fight song, but they're all, I couldn't use them legally. So, um, But if you know, this time last year, we came up with a vision for our church of three words— Connect, grow, and serve. You remember that? We hung everything on that. In fact, even our announcement slides have connect, grow, and serve on them. These are three areas of your life that I believe could be an amazing opportunity to multiply in. And I'm actually going to talk through a couple of these, but I'm going to flip them around. I'm going to start with serve, grow, and then connect. Um, So let's talk about serving. Uh, Here at church, we have a ministry called Guts Ministry. Actually, I'm the only one that uses that word, but I just like it. Do you have the guts to get involved? It's kind of a first entry-level step into serving here on a Sunday morning, especially. GUT stands for greeters, ushers, treats, and sound. Greeters, you know, ushers, the people that help us during the worship. Um, uh, treats are the refreshments out there, and then also sound, back in our sound booth. Uh, we have needs in all of those areas. Uh, and so we're constantly saying, this: if you're, if you're like, I just, it doesn't... It, you 're not signing up for your life it 's just helping out and serving the church that you love. Um, the other one is teachers in in all levels of our ministry we 're a teaching congregation we teach truth we we uh, facilitate conversations uh, uh, so extreme kids, the harbor youth ministry, Bible studies growth groups all of those things teaching so first Timothy two two says this. The things which you have heard me in the presence of many witnesses have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Entrust these to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. You see the pyramid thing happening. I have this. I've entrusted it to this. You entrust that to the next generation or those other people. Um, and then the last one for influence and serving. You may have a hidden talent uh, of in the musical area, so being part of the worship team. And I walk around during our worship sometimes, and I know a lot of you can sing, so you better watch it. I was afraid to say that because now you're not going to sing at all. But um, if you have, if you, I could, I could serve this way. I can help lead our congregation uh, singing or playing an instrument. Uh, now, again, there's, there's an application process through that, and there's, you know, a, a talent check on that, if you will. Um, but there's other, there's so many different places in our whole ministry where musical talents are needed. And if you have one and you're not using it, you're hoarding it. We need it. So think that through. So that's, that's just a couple in the serve area, in the, the grow area, growth groups, Bible studies. Our next growth group semester starts the end of January, 1st of February. If you can, just, if you can open up your home, you can host a, a growth group. We had so many great stories from the last time around of people who have never been in a Bible study or anything, and they first stepped into a growth group and they loved it. And one of them actually had led one or led it and had never done that before. So, growth groups, Bible studies. Another way to grow in your relationships is through personal devotions. You're growing in your relationship with God. How many of you consistently take just a little bit of time during the day to be in the Word? to pray about life, to connect with God on a, on a personal level and grow in your relationship with him. I can tell you as a pastor, it's hard for me to do that. And you're thinking, what? It's like, yeah, because I, I wake up and my, you know, my, my devotion time sometimes, actually more, than, more often than not, switches into what am I going to prepare for the sermon on Sunday. So that's work. That's church work. My personal devotions with God is between me and God. What is God telling? What, what does God want to pour into me and forget about you guys? You know, that's, that should be primary. And oftentimes, I go, I go weeks without that, and it kills me. Um, so I'm getting back on track with that, and I hope, I hope you are too um, with journaling and, and soap uh, journaling and things like that. Last one is this, then we'll close up. Um, multiply your connectedness through worship. Being here in worship is so important. And, you know, often, sometimes you, what did you get out of worship? Well, I didn't get anything out of worship. Well, that's not the point of being in worship. The point of being in worship is connecting with the body of believers, is to worship giving God and thanking God corporately for what he's done for you. And then the other piece is, look around the room. Are there families? Are you? Can you connect with other families in the same stage of life as you? And then another one is what we just talked about, the 50 days of prayer. I really, really, really encourage you to be a part of this 50 days of prayer. It's just one time for 10 to 15 minutes for between now and Ash Wednesday. Okay. So in wrapping up, imagine January 5th, 2021. So a year from now. Imagine you're here and I ask you the same question. This past year... How have you had influence or multiplied yourself in someone else's life? What would you say? What do you want to be able to say next year? Imagine you can look back and by God's grace and power and leading, you you could see that you've had an Oscar Schindler kind of response of helping change people's lives. Imagine that. Because when you dedicate yourself, when you dedicate your life to God and say, God, my life is, is yours. Show me where I can multiply it. God will do amazing things, and he'll show you. Just keep that as your prayer. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to pray. Father, I thank you for this time where we um, are gathered corporately in this place to worship you. I thank you that we are at the beginning of a new year, and many of us do the resolution thing. Many of us set goals and all that, and I just pray a blessing on all those that, um, as they are godly and, and put together, Uh, by you, that we dedicate those to you, as Proverbs 16 says, but you, God, we allow you to direct our steps. Thank you, God, for our church and what you have for us in the near future. Father, bless the Vikings today as they play. Let them win. It's in Jesus' name we pray. God's people said.